The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to NBA Pulse, a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA. I'm Sarah Kustak, NBA analyst for the Yes Network. And today is Friday, December 22nd, from our extraordinary core group of NBA journalists. We're joined now by NBA.com senior writer Steve Ashburner. Ash, how are we doing? How are we feeling? That's good. It's good. It's calm before the storm, right? Before the flurry of final Christmas um, scrambling and... Um, Family festivities, and of course, everybody all loves each other every year. Um, all, so, of it. all of it, you know, all of it. I mean, it's a great time of year. It's a, a, a magnificent holiday to ce- celebrate, and then some of the celebrations become a bit stressful. But you know, I'll take it. I lo- it's a great time of year. You want the, let's close. Yeah, you want this, or you close. want the middle of June? You know, exactly. Close twenty twenty three off strong, and uh, we've some some strong play out of uh, a couple of individuals from the 2023 class. You, of course, every Wednesday have your rookie ladder. There's been some flip-flopping throughout the course of the season. I think we're going to see more of that up top. Um, Currently, Victor Wembenyama of the San Antonio Spurs in that number one spot. Chet Holmgren of the Oklahoma City Thunder, number two. Jaime Jaquez of the Heat, number three. But I want to get into Chet and Wemby, and let's begin with Chet because Oklahoma City – Sitting number two in the Western Conference, they just had a big win last night, uh, 134-115 against the Los Angeles Clippers. Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues uh, to sparkle as he's done throughout the course of this season, but Holmgren as well. 23 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, he's been so efficient. 9 of 11 from the field. Holmgren, little up and under, off the backboard! Chet Holmgren set it up for himself! 
when you look at what Chet has done, and, and those are similar to the numbers that he's been putting up, maybe more in the assist column, uh, but the numbers that he's been putting up throughout the course of this year, what's impressed you most about uh, the way that not only he's played individually, uh, but doing so in the context of this Thunder team and how they've been so su- successful collectively? Well, since you used the word impressed, I can go with, with my uh, first reaction. Had you used the word surprised, I couldn't say this. But impressed, I would say how plug-and-play he has been into that Thunder lineup. You know, this is a team that played largely without a center, uh, <laughs> to, uh, pun intended, I guess, uh, last season. And they went small, and they needed Chet Holmgren. They had drafted him with the intent he would be there last year. Because of his foot injury, he was not. However, he was around the team all year. He was in the gym when they practiced. He was in the film studies. He traveled with them. He got that rookie sort of uh, redshirt year. And and so now he's, he's technically still a rookie, so he's eligible for the award and all that consideration. But he came in much more ready to help instantly on a team that's rising. And um, I think we've seen that. That's the key is he has given them what they've needed on so many nights so far. And it's not a matter of looking at Chet. I mean, you can do this. You can look at Chet and say, wow, look at those 15 blocks in two games. You know, you can, you can isolate individual achievements, but really it's what he's contributing to the whole. Victor Wembanyama, by uh, contrast, you are looking at his specific skills and what he's doing and things we've never seen. But it really isn't translating to success for the for the Spurs. Holmgren, you know, against a good and hot Clippers team, you know, he he scores what twenty three points, six rebounds. Should he have more? You know, maybe. But that it worked out for them in that game. He had zero blocks, which I don't even really hold that against him because when you block six shots a game for an entire week. Maybe the teams already are, are self-censoring when it comes to how they attack him. So um, just that intimidation factor can mean no blocks but altered shots. So, um, yeah, he's just been what they've needed. And, you know, a rookie, you can hardly ask for more than that. Yeah, in in last night, no blocks, but he did have seven assists, handling the ball a ton, only one turnover. Um, now you've got me intrigued, Ash. What if I would have asked you what surprised you? <laughs> um, to be honest with you, his durability. Um, you know, he still is um, uh, unnervingly thin. And, you know, in terms of, I mean, I think about it every week when I write up the rookie ladder is, you know, it, it, that race I imagine between Wembenyama and Holmgren is going to be close. It's going to flip-flop week to week, month to month. And to me, the biggest thing that could determine who who ends up on top by the end of the season is, who ends up with a longer layoff from injury? So I think about both those guys and how thin they are, how much their bodies are going to grow into, you know, full NBA potential. And I would say with, with Chet, it's that there hasn't been any re-injury, you know, knock on wood here, any re-injury of, of his foot and uh, just some other stray injury uh, to this point. And when Minyama, you know, same on that ladder that he just has not, um, suffered he had some soreness and he sat out a game in Milwaukee this week but that's to me the biggest surprise is they've held up and and the durability so far has been has been strong durability has been strong for Wembenyama but uh let's get into just him his play 
individually and also so a very different story the san antonio spurs um sitting at four and 23 they are last in the western conference and in trying some things i don't think there was intentions that they would necessarily um you know be in playoff contention this season but i think those couple games the way it started people were getting excited what it looked like they you know the signing or i should say extension of devin vassell kelton johnson's been playing well they're they're trying to use jeremy sohan in, in that point guard position which obviously there's a lot of things that are a work in progress, and I think they look at the big picture for this team. But when it comes to Wembenyama in particular, um, he's averaging over 18 points a game, three blocks a game, uh, nearly 11 rebounds per game. A, a lot of the things you would anticipate. And the block. And the block. Kelvin Johnson a balancing it. Hey, Baba Wembenyama! That's what you paid for. I think there was so much attention on him coming in and what he would be and how he would impact the game. What have you seen out of him that gives you optimism um, that he will continue on the trajectory that I think we expect of him, not only for him playing personally, but inevitably and, and eventually how he will impact winning for an organization? Well, I mean, I think it, it's just um, the degree to which what he brings is unique. I mean, at seven foot four, and with the, the handle that he has and with the shooting range that he has. Now, you know, I was early on in saying, I don't care if he's eight foot tall. If he's eight feet tall, I don't care if he's shooting three pointers. I mean, that sort of equalizes and, and diminishes that, that size advantage. So the fact that he's played a little bit more as a pure center, uh, recently, to me, that's a good sign. Uh, you know, okay, you can draw the other team's big men outside. Whoop do you do at a certain point? You know, there's a point where, where teams want to have Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo taking three-pointers because it relieves the pressure inside. Same thing with Wembenyama. I think that if he really asserts himself in the post, down low, ways to get down there, not necessarily back to the basket play, but um, but no, I think I think it's it's his potential still. Um that that is so fascinating. I, I they have the greatest coach in NBA history, and yet um, they tinker around and they're not winning more. I mean, look, rookies go to bad teams, but there have been other bad teams equally as down that have gotten rookies not nearly uh, as highly touted. This is like the best prospect since LeBron, right? And one of the all-time prospects, and he's on a pace to finish with more losses his team than any serious rookie of the year candidate ever. So, you know, there's a disconnect between what he brings to a team, even in his first year and the results that they are getting. And, um, I can't really explain it. Yeah, and a couple things to your point about Wimbenyama, and I think it's just a work in progress, he, he, the comparison to Giannis, but the fact that he's taken almost five three-pointers per game and shooting under 28% from three. So, so that, you know, the actual impact of um, that shot, mm -hmm. where you want to see him taking shots from. There, There's a lot of bigs and stretch bigs that that can, you know, put up five three-pointers a game and shoot 28% from threes. Is that the most <laughs> effective shot for your team and for your offense? Probably not. Good point. Um, yeah, and the team as a whole, I, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, worse, worse records than the Washington Wizards and the Portland Trailblazers, um, still with a lot of young talent. And I know Greg Popovich signed that extension, but, but I think 
how you want to continue taking steps forward um, to have those type of winning habits and um, the culture that's already be- been created. Obviously, that, that's one that's uh, one of the best in the league. But I, but I think those are the questions you begin to look at. And I've got some questions for you in regards to losing a team that is doing a whole lot of it this season right after the break. Yeah, we're not two and twenty-six bad. You know what I mean? Like, no way are we that bad. So yes, I think we can turn it around. I think we can play a lot better brand of basketball than we're playing right now. Welcome back to NBA Pulse. Sarah Kustak joined by the great Steve Ashburner and Ash. We are talking about teams. <laughs> that are struggling, and one uh, is on a historic pace. The Detroit Pistons, uh, just 2-26. and They've lost 25 straight games. Uh, it, it has been it, it's been tough to watch, um, and it has turned, uh, I think, just a, a, a lot of question marks. Um, obviously, some of the moves that they have made, um, they hire Monty Williams, pay him a, a very handsome salary uh, to try and help this, this young group. Cade Cunningham missed a good part of the season last year with injury. He is back, uh, but th- they have been extraordinarily bad uh to say the least ash what what do you oh i'll I'll be gentle about that that's a vast understatement what do you make of where this team is at and and what's happening in detroit i spoke earlier about the uh, spurs and how their struggles are a little hard to explain i think there's there are doors into what the pistons are doing or not doing um that are a little more evident to me um but yeah they're historically bad they're on pace not just to undercut the all-time worst record, which is the 9-73 and Philadelphia team back in 1972-73, but they're, they're on pace to shatter that. They're, they're, they're right now projected to win six games, and um, they're at that pace. So I, I think that the first thing you look at is roster construction. Um, they have a lot of lottery picks. They have a lot of young guys. Those are the same guys. They don't have much veteran influence. They had even less for much of the start of the season because Bogdanovich was out. Um, they don't really have much veteran influence. Alec Burks, at best, coming off the bench. It's a team that may be too young and stocked with too many guys who had their own ambitions of, you know, I'm going to be a star in the NBA. I'm not going to be a role player. I'm not going to be a grinder. I'm not going to be a does the little things kind of a guy. So finding people that will accept that role. You know, I write that rookie ladder every week and my thoughts on the, on the Pistons, because I've dealt with these rookies as they've come through. Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, uh, Jaden Ivey and uh, Jalen Terry last year. And now you've got Sasser and um, yeah, Asar Thompson, you know, and James Weissman's not long removed from his rookie year. And it's sort of like, can this losing be a trauma to these guys and their development and set them back or put them on the wrong track. I mean, to go through this where you have to naturally cope with the idea that you didn't win two nights ago. You're not going to win tonight. You're probably not going to win tomorrow. What does that do to you as a player? Can you stay as resilient? Can you stay as driven or do you find ways to rationalize and cope? And those, those ways might not be good for you long-term. It's, it's, it's really, I think, a concern, but I think that just in terms of they need more veterans, they need a, a blend in the rotation more than they have. 
the way Monty Williams has sort of used his bench and who he sits together and who he plays together, that hasn't always looked too good. Um, he has limited options. The other part of it is, is that, you know, coaches take heat for this stuff. And Monty Williams is, despite having, you know, the, the time he signed it, the, the, the biggest contract for a coach in league history, um, if they win six games, he'll be making $3 million or $2 million per victory. So um, you or I could coach them to 25 straight losses, Sarah, and something is going to have to change. Without a doubt. And I do think, especially with young players, the amount of young players, um, the talent that they have in those players, when you are in a situation that you're going through the motions um, and there's no necessary, necessarily hope of winning or, or how you're continuing to improve and get better, uh, it, 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 I, I worry about it for the individuals themselves, the young players themselves, what that looks like and how that impacts their career. Um, you look at another young team, though, and I want to compare it, not compare, though, uh, Orlando Magic, a, a team that how they have grown and what they did and flourished with a lot of lottery picks, you look at the way that team is constructed, what Jamal Mosley has done with this young group. They're currently, uh, they're on a four game losing streak, but even with that still sitting fourth in the Eastern conference, uh, Paula Bencaro has been fantastic. Franz Wagner. I mean, really you go down the list of how they have put together a group that complements one another so very well in the mix of, of young and old. I mean, they've got a lot of young optimistic, um, potential players and, and those that are getting the job done now and also, you know, some veterans that have helped um, settle things. You look at the even just Joe Ingles coming over and, and the presence that he brings to the table. Uh, what have you liked about where Orlando is at and just the the ceiling that they may have on this season? Well, I, I think, I mean, they've taken steps and I don't know that their roster is uh, dramatically different. They do have a, a, a ton of young guys, but um, last year's Rookie of the Year, Paulo Banquero, um, he has uh, sort of assumed the mantle of team leadership, and he and he exerts that on the floor and also uh, off the court. Um, Jalen Suggs, you know, tough guy. Cole Anthony, tough guy. Those guys, they do not um, handle losing well, and and they will do what it takes uh, to either beat you or they will walk off bloodied in the process. So um, I, I haven't seen that level of grit in the Detroit Pistons, but it's not just Orlando. I mean, it's other teams that have had almost too many young guys at once. Oklahoma City, look where they're at. That has come you know, to fruition for them. And it's blossomed to the point where, gee, maybe they don't need um, an established star, even though they're, they're set up with draft assets and, and um, you know, money to be able to, to do that. But Shea Gil Gilgis-Alexander is like, no, 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 I'm that guy now. You don't need to go out and get one. Um, Houston had two bad years in a row, and, and it seemed like they should have taken a step last season from two seasons ago. Well, they're taking a step now, and they have a new coach in the process. So there's one explanation for Houston's improvement. So, um, you know, in Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia was sort of more classic. They were just intentionally bad until they didn't need to be bad anymore. And, um, but, you know, you can't just, Detroit can't snap its fingers. Um, they don't have a Joel Embiid and, um, Orlando to their credit, they don't have a Joel Embiid either, but they have a more cohesive group and, um, expectations, I think that are, that are higher maybe than, than what the Pistons came in with. Um, I know Jamal Mosley 
would like to have just one of Monty Williams' paychecks uh, at this point. <laughs> so if we're talking uh, potential coach of the year in Mosley and a guy who's been underperforming with Monty, Monty, great guy. Um, you'd want him, you know, in your organization. But boy, I, I haven't seen any traction for him and his staff with that team he has in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, and Jamal Mosley sure deserves it. Um, I, I will be the first, first in, in the front line, uh, shouting at that. Uh, the leadership and the in the quality depth that that Orlando has has certainly shown. Well, Ash, as always, we appreciate your insight, um, and we'll continue to to watch, read all all the goods that you got um, on NBA.com. A lot of a uh, lot of pressure on your Brooklyn Nets, Sarah, for a couple of games Ooh-wee. against those Pistons. Hey. Nobody wants to be the team that that loses hey. to that Detroit now. It is. That's true. At some point, streaks have got to end. So you just you just don't want to be the one on the other side of that. Uh, happy holidays to you, Ash. I know that that we will see you again soon. Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners. And um, yeah, we'll see you uh, next time. NBA Pulse with Sarah Kustak is a production of the NBA and iHeartRadio. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 Phillips over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com slash status. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.